geez, we should just go ahead and get some ping pong tables now. You know, um, that serve a few purposes that bring some joy, that give people something to do, that get people just having fun together, get people off screens, like, let's do it. So we literally just, you know, got on Amazon and ordered ping pong tables during that meeting. And, but in my view, that, that ping pong innovation, if you will, is a success story this year. You know, to me, that kind of joyful noise is never distracting. That's, that's why we're here. Welcome to this episode of the For What's Ahead podcast. I'm your host, James Snyder. Let's get ready to listen. For the first episode of the For What's Ahead podcast, I'm joined by head of school, Gardner Barrier. How are you, Mr. Barrier? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for this first episode. There we go. Off and run. Yeah. You've truly been connected with First Half Country Day your whole life, first as class of 97 alum and now as head of school for over five years. What were some of your favorite moments and what are some of your favorite moments as an FCDS student? Some of my favorite moments. Wow. Um, I guess similar, you know, it's fun how schools change and evolve and some things stay the same. Uh, relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Danforth uh, was probably my one of my entry points to Forsyth when I came here as a pretty young child for soccer camp. Uh, and then, again, when I was back as an eighth grade student, I got involved with the soccer program here, and I played for him for a few years on, on the varsity and all that. And then uh, as a young professional, you know, he'd encourage me and ask me about how I'm enjoying, you know, being a teacher, being a coach. And then uh, when I got back here as, as head of school, um, just his constant support. And so, so he's a name I can mention that threads through um, in terms of just the authentic relationship. You know, you've mm-hmm. ever been around the guy and you feel like the most important person in the world. Yeah, it's not just a middle school. He's No, and again, it's, it's a really endearing quality that, that, you know, I know I'm not special. I know he, he does it, and that's just who he is, that yeah. whoever he's with feels like they've got his full attention because mm-hmm. they do. Um, Mrs. Stoltz was my advisor and uh, amazingly talented human being, um, so smart, so kind, um, so clear-minded. So it's cool to have her as an advisor, and then again, and back to a thread through, um, you know, a few years into being back, uh, standing at her retirement party, you know, going, she served this place beautifully mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, beyond, you know, a few of those folks um, that were that were here then, and um, you know, here here in my first stint at Forsyth as a student, and then and then recently, you know, I I think my highlights as a student, just that that sense of connection, um, where you just know that you know your classmates care about you, your teammates care about you. Uh, it's just so clear you're part of something bigger than yourself. You know, to say you're a fury, um, it really means something. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just uh, an individual kind of walking through some place. You know, you you matter. Your name matters. Um, so to feel that level of, uh, I don't know, support and relationship. You know, that that's one thing that in my current role, you know, you protect. You know, that can yeah. never change. That's that's the core kind of warmth of community that that is for South Country Day. Um, you know, aspects of the physical campus, you know, the school I went to, it's been surrounded by, by buildings that weren't here and, you know, athletic spaces that weren't here when I was a student yeah. here. And so the physical plant, if you will, it, you know, the campus looks a lot different. Um, aspects of the way we do teaching and learning um, look different, you know. I didn't exactly have, you know, an iPad when I was a student here. Right. 
Um, but so much is the same, you know, and it's a really cool aspect of what I get to sit and pay attention to and be discerning about of, you know, what's timeless and what's timely. So in education, you know, what about relationships and warmth and interaction just will never change. That's the stuff I've benefited from, you know, 25 plus years ago. And it's the stuff that, you know, still the bread and butter, you know, the teacher student relationship and, and, you know, going to tutorial, we didn't call it tutorial, but I knew I had access to my teachers when I was a student here and got to ask questions and they even probably when I didn't deserve it, you know, they, they believed in me. I, I was not, I was not your level of student when I was a student here. I'll just, I'll say it that way. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I missed when we went online is like there's teacher student relationships and like talking to a teacher, uh, after class, just about sports, about anything. Cause it was okay. You log off of the zoom call. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing when, when everything's online. Cause you realize you can get kind of the mechanical aspects of, you know, like, Okay, we can talk about topic X, but uh, I'm going to go, you know, academic on you here. You look up, you know, curriculum, you, you really, you trace the derivation of the word, and it talks about the totality of the experience. In my mind, the totality of the Forsyth Country Day experience happens inside of class and happens inside our stated curriculum, but that so much is kind of the emergent curriculum, you know, just the stuff that happens in the halls, the conversation you just kind of get into you know the lunch conversation where the teacher walks up and you guys get talking about just all the things that just kind of happen on a daily basis because you're here together you know mm-hmm. you've probably had some of your you know most engaging conversations you know during a uh, I don't know what you call it but I'll call it a jog on the on the cross-country practices where right. you guys are you know jogging and you're actually talking a little bit you know like on and on the in-person interactions Oh, they matter. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really nice to get off of Zoom in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe your transition from FCDS life to college life? Many Forsyth Country Day graduates comment on how seamless that was academically, and really in all ways. Um, you know, it was very obvious to me that you know if I had a question, I remember like my computer science, like my programming class. Um, one of my first classes, one of my first semesters. Funny story within that, it was called COBOL, the common business language. And it really, it was before Y2K, before 2000. And really the only like basis of learning that was if Y2K had really been a thing. So it was, it was just an interesting thing to study. But anyway, I'm working on codes for that. And, you know, I had some questions. So of course I went to office hours. Yeah. You know, like that's what you do. You have a question and of course your teacher wants to help you. So of course you show up for the time when they've said they'll help you. And those kind of um, simple habits, I've seen this myself when I went to college, and as I looked left and looked right, realized how special that was. And I hear Forsyth grads comment on that all the time, that, you know, we knew how to write, we knew how to advocate for ourselves, um, we knew how to just kind of show up. And it was just kind of the expectation here that, and again, let me back up. When I was at at Forsyth, I I was pretty average in my class. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, I ended up being the senior of the year at Virginia Tech, you know, big old public college, and and, and just thrived there academically. Um, teachers there believed in me and so forth. But you know what I didn't have the vocabulary for in the moment. I had some level of gratitude, but now I more fully appreciate that you know the the habits that Forsyth prepared me for. Um, I'd, I'd use like a term like muscle memory. It was like muscle memory. Like of mm. course you 
do your homework. Of course you show up and right. you know, ask questions in office hours. Of course you go to the library and review your notes. You know, of course, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just, the, the discipline of being a student, the academic part, piece of cake, as well as, you know, I jumped into student life at Virginia Tech. Because at Forsyth, you know, I was, I was in clubs, I was on teams, and, you know, again, school's not merely going to classes. And I think um, in all ways it was an easy, seamless transition, really joyful transition. It's great. I'm expecting that for my own. Like, I know how to write now. Like, it, it should be very similar. That's the, the narrative we hear from, you know, so many of our, our graduates that – making the adjustment to college, the time management, um, back to freedom and responsibility, you know, that goes back to the, the core of this place. Um, in so many ways, um, people are prepared for what's ahead. You know, it, you really do just hear it time and time again in, in alumni narrative after narrative of, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great in college. Mm-hmm. You obviously have a passion for education, not only your own, but promoting that of others. When did you realize that being in education is what you wanted to do. Well, this is kind of a fun story. Um, you've heard me kind of espouse about life is not linear and mm-hmm. grandfatherly wisdom in that. Um, I, I was an econ major and was actually looking at going to PhD programs and then decided, you know, I, I, I want to hedge a little bit and I want to find a, a terminal master's program in econ so I can either do some things from that or, um, or continue into PhD stuff. And, uh, you know, from Winston-Salem, I'm kind of getting back to the area. So UNC Greensboro actually had a really great program in econ, a master's in economics. So I got into that program from Virginia Tech, and I had worked out actually with another school that I, if, if I finished that degree, I'd be moving into their PhD program. Um, I got started there, and in my first semester, I had been doing research on the rationality of children. I helped run the economics lab at, at Virginia Tech. And so I, I needed to get set up with schools um, to just interview children as part of the research. So I met with this gentleman. His name was David Dave Strahan, uh, Dr. Strahan at, uh, at UNCG, that ran their middle grades education program. And so he's interviewing me. Um, asking questions of, you know, all right, what do you need for the schools, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's interesting. And the more we talked in that first conversation, he said, you know, it sounds like you're really passionate about education. And I said, well, you know, my grandmother's a teacher. She's kind of the matriarch. A lot of my aunts and uncles are teachers. My dad's a natural teacher, but not like professionally mm-hmm. a teacher. Um, so, yeah, I feel like my older brother um, was a middle school director at the time and had been a teacher. He'd soon be a head of school, by the way. Um, so it was kind of the blood. So I was explaining that to him. He said, yeah, it sounds like you're more passionate about the people than, than the research. I said, that's probably true. And he said, I got an idea for you. First conversation I ever had with this guy. He said, would you consider duly enrolling in the econ program and in our MED middle grades education program? I said, well, that's you know, not exactly what I was planning on this conversation being, but I'll, I'll get back to you. Long or the short of it, um, by the end of that semester, I was duly enrolled, and by that spring, I was merely an MED student and got my master's in education and uh, student taught the next year and uh, on we went from there. And, and here you are. Yeah, this is my, I think, 23rd year and in, in working in schools now. So I'm starting, wow. to, starting to accumulate a few years. Yeah, you're getting up there. You know, I feel that some t- some days in the morning. You know? I say, oh, okay, 23 years, all right. 
So what were you most excited for when you returned to FCDS as head of school in 2016? Um, I'll say it this way. Challenges are coupled with opportunities. I saw, I, be, I believe in a, in a Peter Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast. I saw a school that had real opportunity to just clarify what it stands for, what it's about, what, what are its cultural norms. And so a lot of work, you know, the first few years, I'm just asking questions of, you know, who are we trying to be, you know? And, and that led to the board now working together to, to recast the mission into the succinct sentence that we have now and really kind of uh, got clear about core values and so forth so that institutionally we could be clear and sturdy and then that takes to the individuals within it how we can be clear-minded, sturdy, healthy, so we can go forth and live the lives, you know, especially students, live the lives that destined to live. Mm-hmm. So I just saw a ton of opportunity to just be um, more clear as, as far as what we stand for. And this is not a core value, but I think it threads through a lot, you know, a word like joy. Because to me, the both end of Forsyth is high, high expectations and work hard and all that personal responsibility stuff. You know, we live in the best country in the world. You, you work hard and you can make it happen. You know, yeah. all that. And life's fun. Right. So how to, how to couple those terms and not think in terms of one against the other, how, how they're synergistic. Mm-hmm. You know, how you can have, um, how to use the cliche, how you can have your cake and eat it too, you know. It's part of like the high level academics and then yeah. your athletics on that Bingo. one side. Yeah. In fact, when the, the board was going through the interview process, I mean, we talked a lot about balance and, yeah. and we talked a lot about being able to have the, the design to be able to really thrive academically and to be able to participate in the arts and athletics. Right. And I raised the question, all right, well, while we're talking balance and rest and serve and exhale and smile, you know, all the things we want to do to really have that, that full life Mm -hmm. and feel like, uh, it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you most nervous about? Uh, it's probably the same thing I'd still say, you know, and then it's it's born out of humility. On on one hand, I I thought I was the right person at the right time, Mm -hmm. you know? And on the other hand, um, you know, this is just an aspect of leadership where, you know, you, you, you gut, you know, you have your gut check moments regularly of, gosh, I just, I feel inadequate. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm, and, and again, James, it's just the reality. I, I, I never think I'm, you know, the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the smartest guy in the room right now with the well, toes. It's facts. Um, but point being, you know, I, there's aspects of, of, of being the head of school for South Country Day where um, it's very humbling and, and, and does have you in moments. This is an aspect of leadership that just is. Um, kind of look at things and say, whew, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do this, but you know, we'll fig- we will figure it out. I'm glad I don't have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. No clear example than in our world right now than, you know, COVID, right? Like right. when I was interviewing, they weren't asking me how I'd handle a world, you know, pandemic. Yeah. No one saw that one coming and you know, we figured it out and I, I'm, I'm so not a medical doctor. Right. And, and, and not a public health person. And yet um, had to listen, had to learn. Um, and a lot of that, that's probably the best descriptors of leadership, really, mm-hmm. listening and learning. Um, so in terms of nervous, just the, 
the considerable responsibility that on a given day, I don't know, 1,500 people come through those gates. You know, we got nine, right close to 900 students here. Um, the responsibility to have the experience go as well as possible for the entire staff, for the students, for the parents. Um, and I guess just uh, in moments, back to worry, so in very general terms, um, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And, and at moments and in certain categories, you know, you just kind of look in the mirror and go, whew, uh, I hope I'm helpful in this decision process. I sure don't feel like I'm, I have the most insight on this, but I'm glad people around me do, mm-hmm. you know. Again, COVID being a great example. Like, yeah. we, we executed. And it wasn't because of me, you know. The, the people around me saying, you know, I was, I was listening, I was learning. Um, yeah. yeah, well, when in doubt, call it a snow day. It's just what I'll say on that. You know, that is, that is good, good advice. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> I, I talked to a friend who, um, in their, um, their school's culture, they have, they have quote-unquote, Founders Day. And all that means is once a year, that head of school just declares a Founders Day and there's no school. That's pretty pretty yeah, clever little... We definitely should do that. Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. For what's ahead. Yeah. What in your day gives you the most satisfaction? You know, it's really, um, really simple to answer that. Um, I got into this business... You know, back to, I just told you the, the, the genesis of it, of, you mm-hmm. know, researching, you know, about rationality of children. Because I simply love um, affirming uh, young people, um, advocating for young people, spending time with young people, you know. Y- you are the future. Um, so the time I get to spend with students, you know, getting to do this with you right now, uh, teach class in a little while, you know, any of the student-facing stuff is just great. With all due respect to my colleagues, with all due respect to the parents I get to work with and community members and all the adults I work with, which I you know, enjoy that too, um, time with the students is precious. Yeah. Well, that's what we like to hear as students. Well, I hope so. And again, I, I hope, um, you know, when, when I get to do those things, I hope my um, enthusiasm and, you know, genuine interest in it uh, is clear, you know, and, um, and I never wonder why I got into this business, you know. That's, that's the students. Well, now I have a few speed round questions that'll really. Oh, uh, bring it. We'll, we'll, we'll really feel your genuine. I will aspire to answer quickly and not espouse philosophically. Here Cats or dogs? I have a cat. Okay. Are you righty or lefty? Lefty. Ooh. Airplane or road trip? Oh, it depends. There's the economist showing up there. Mm. So it depends. Hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Pepsi or Coke? Uh. Cheer one. <laughs> I'm going to go off the menu. Yeah. Uh, the beach or the mountains? Yeah, it depends. What does it depend on? Like win- I don't know. Winter? In, 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 this, in this state, um, I, I've spent a lot of time in the mountains, the beach, the lake, you know. Um, if you're saying summer, I'm kind of associating that with, with the beach. Yeah. If you're saying fall, I'm kind of associating that with the mountains. Definitely. If you're saying spring, I want to get out to a lake. You know, it just kind of, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of the state, you know. It is. And winter, you know, is, it, is there enough snow to actually go ski or, you know, do I want to, you know, find my way to warmer weather, you know, or just a good book, you know. So it just, it depends. Cake or pie? Oh, man. Both. <laughs> Uh, your favorite number? I was 17 on the, uh, the soccer team here, so I'll go with that one. That was always my number. All right. Favorite color? Uh, my dad would be proud of me for this answer. Uh, Carolina. 
blue. Mm. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? Hmm. Yeah, probably an eight. Okay. And then really important for our last one, does the toilet paper roll start above or below? Uh, above. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Good to see we agree on that. <laughs> now yeah. I'd like to switch gears and uh, talk about this podcast and independent sure. study. Yes. Uh, did you have a moment where you thought, wow, FCDS needs a podcast? Um, you know, James, I was, I was thrilled to see the things that, that came out of COVID. Um, what I was thrilled to see most deeply was just our culture increasingly saying, you know, we take our students seriously. So as our students see a need and see an opportunity, see an unmet need, I guess, um, giving our students the agency to act on that. Um, a person I work with, um, over the years um, has talked about meeting an unmet need is value. And that'd be kind of the definition of, of kind of entrepreneurship in my mind is like, you know, yeah. meeting an unmet need. So when students came forward with the idea for the Fury Broadcasting Network, yes. Like that was such a fun thing to say yes mm-hmm. to. And like, it's cool. You know, when, when you said, Hey, I'm, you know, learning about podcasts during, you know, during this pandemic and, you know, I'd like to keep going. That was a fun thing to say. Yes. Independent study. Let's roll. You know, mm-hmm. And to me, that, that ability to just say yes, um, that's the fun part. And I think we're going to see more and more of that here with independent studies, yeah. taking our students to this empowered place to, you know, solve problems, you know. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that this podcast exists because I do think um, there's always so much going on at Forsyth. Mm-hmm. And this gives us another effective way to just, you know, for you to give an authentic voice to things happening at Forsyth that give people insight, um, let you learn a lot, it lets Forsyth benefit a lot. And, and I think the success of your independent study will hinge on how this continues past you, you know? Right. Because it does seem like um, Forsyth having an effective, um, for lack of a better term, I'll call it podcast program, um, that seems important. It uh, seems like we can capture things um, through this medium that, that, that are unique and, and, and timely. And again, it's it's cool that, you know, who's in charge of the podcast program at Forsyth Country Day? I'm looking at him, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that just, that's a story that lights me up because I think... Um, it's cool. Well, it, it's cool in that um, a mentor of mine, his name was Chuck Hamlet, passed away years ago, but he always talked about three little words, respect the pupil. And if you do that, you know, hard to, hard to stray too far from, you know, feeling centered in, in terms of, you know, a reasonable philosophy of school. I think taking students seriously, respecting the pupil, empowering the students, um, it's motivating to students, and, and it leads to just good things happening, you know? So in a host of ways, good teaching is, you know, yes, how can I help? You know, yeah. With this podcast, yes. How can I help? Okay, you sent me Amazon links for what we needed for this bay. Okay, and now look around. Now it's a reality. Now it's not just links. There you go. And we it's bought so them and cool. we moved on. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think that's in a host of ways. There, are, there is a really philosophical underpinning in that, which is just you know, believe in students and trust that when they're empowered, they'll figure it out. You know. And you have a perspective and you saw a need that, you know, others didn't, you know, no one from staff, for instance, said, Hey, I'm going to learn about, maybe some of them did, but I'm not aware of learning about podcasts during the pandemic. You did, you became our resident expert and here we sit. Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
So as my mentor for this independent study, yeah. what are you most excited for to see down the road, not only in my year as I'm doing this and, or just down the road? Um, for you, it's going to be neat. So I'll answer it in several ways. For, for you, I just hope it's, you kind of learn some things about yourself, not only technically with how podcasts work, but just um, how to conduct an interview, you know, what, what questions draw out the best mm-hmm. story, um, you know, the things that will be your learning outcomes. For the school, um, I think you're just starting to scratch the surface of, you know, the different channels we can have as it relates to a podcast and the, and the just kind of information capture we can have, you know. The idea that, you know, if we eventually had a, a catalog or library where you've interviewed or successive years they've interviewed, you know, every teacher where you just kind of understand mm-hmm. who they are as a person, you know, how they got an education. Instead of just reading, you know, kind of their two paragraph blurb on the website, hear their, literally hear their voice. Yeah. You know, that, that, would, that would tell a different picture. Um, and on and on from there, you know, back to just the direction of, of what stories we want to capture. I just think there's a lot um, from a teaching and learning perspective, explaining the why of what we do and why we do it. Um, from a cultural perspective of, you know, what are the norms at Forsyth Country Day and why and what do we want to keep talking about? Um, from a civil, you know, the one class I teach is civil discourse. From a civil discourse perspective, you know, things we want to, you know, as a, as a learning community kind of talk through and just, you know, give voice to different perspectives. Um, there's kind of limitless potential with this really. And, that, and that's the fun of it, you know, yeah. is we can guess at uh, some of the ways it'll kind of manifest itself. And then some, uh, will just kind of be discovered along the journey. Mm-hmm. My on-campus has this listed as the independent study listed as fine arts. And at first I was questioning whether it was fine arts, but the more I've dove into this, how it really is an art, like knowing how to conduct yourself and edit audio and all of that stuff. It's, it's limitless. Yeah, and again, I, I think that's right. I think uh, I'm going to go back to the word entrepreneurship. I, I think the, the the reason I like that word is it it basically says integrated curriculum, right? That there's there's a lot of things coming together, and and typically like good, meaningful projects or initiatives. So if we're talking about this podcast, there's a healthy blend of kind of art and science, right? Like you mm-hmm. had to set up some things well where, you know, the, the audio was good in here and all, all the technical yeah. qualities. And then, yeah, the art of conversation, right? Um, there's some science to that. Um, and then you, you start talking about the different kind of um, interpersonal skills and, uh, you know, just kind of the skills involved with, with doing a podcast. You know, the instincts, the uh, how you how you curate questions to be ready for, how you're ready to you kind of roll with with where the conversation goes there's a lot going on in all of that and, and to me that's just cool like that's a great independent study because it, mm-hmm. it 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 is kind of uh in several categories all at the same time but but i agree with you ultimately that yeah fine art there's a lot of art to it yes um yeah for sure and the growth of the independent study program to me shows how the fcds experience and education is evolving sort of how like the the campus is maturing with like ping pong tables outside of the center of campus uh what are some other plans for like the center of campus focus well that's a great and very timely question i I think um as we continue forward over these next few years um how we feel centered 
or well, or like we're living intentional lives. I think that really matters. Um, and I think COVID has been really clarifying in that of what, what do people, you know, crave for, you know, to, to feel a sense of purpose, to feel a sense of connection. So how our uh, curriculum uh, speaks to that in terms of how people get to reflect, how people get um, some agency, how people get to express themselves. Um, a lot of, a lot of fun things ahead. Uh, and, and like you, I, um, well, I guess I should back up and tell this story. Um, and this is a, a shout out to uh, doc, Dr. Catherine Eckel. Um, she was my uh, econ professor at, at, uh, at Virginia Tech that, that started uh, um, the econ lab that I work for. Mm-hmm. But she was a person I was sitting in her, in her class asking a lot of questions about experimental econ. And she pulled me after one day and said, you ask a lot of questions. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, kind of wanted to apologize for that. And she said, no, 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 it's fantastic. You're a social t- scientist. I love it. Would you want to do an independent study? And uh, James, this is not you know hyperbolic. This is just just is that independent study changed my life um, from a standpoint of it was it was a real flipping of a switch of um, instead of going through the kind of typical rhythms prescribed rhythms of you know about every three weeks there's a test kind of thing. Right. You know I had to figure it out. Yeah. You know, how am I going to do X, Y, and Z? How am I going to measure success in this thing? And um, as I look back at that, you know, seeds were planted. I didn't even know I was going to be an educator at that point, right? Right. And now I look at the number of you that are doing independent studies, and I know the conversations I'm in around the appropriateness of, you know, pushing towards maybe even a trajectory where all seniors at some point in their upper school years, if not their senior year, do an independent study. Um, to prepare our students for what's ahead, of you are going to be self-employed. That's the trajectory of the economy. All right, what are the skill sets of being self-employed? you got to figure things out. Yeah, time management. Yeah, a lot of things that point back to an independent study. Bingo. You know, okay, you tell me at the end. You make the presentation at the end, but you got to figure out how you're measuring success. I'm not doing that for you. So I do think there's something deeply appropriate about the independent study and, and how we're seeing it grow. And I suspect that will continue just like Maymester will bring some different kind of experiences and, you know, we'll keep innovating, but back to the center at the core of it. Um, what are the attributes that let people feel, um, sturdy, um, healthy, you know, whatever words you want to put to that. But, um, in my view, um, time to reflect, um, time to physically take care of yourself, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, take care of yourself. And then agency, you know, some, some time mm-hmm. to really um, figure it out yourself. Um, so there's a recipe there that we'll keep, you know, kind of tweaking and working on. But there will be, over the next few years, much more said about kind of the center of campus and the, um, the notion of being um, centered, if you will. I mean, I do think there's a, a philosophical point to be made that we're not only looking at the geographical center of our campus for some updates as it relates to just kind of the flow of campus but and, and the utility of the center of our campus but also the the notion of, of you know as an individual as an institution what does it mean to be you know centered or focused yeah yeah it's nice to see you in in the center of campus I, when i walk by i can see your office and a lot of people play ping pong right outside your office it, it makes you guys like the administrators really there yeah I, again i think this came out of um just looking at, at ways to optimize our campus and, and what 
what things function as, as well as what statements they make. And, and again, yeah. people that kind of are looking at all school items, like Dr. Klassman's down the hall from me with, with teaching and learning. That's, you know, that's all school, right? From, from our first days to our last days. And obviously my role in the same, same vein. And so it just makes sense that we were right in the thick of things. Um, by the way, the ping pong story, we were sitting there talking about in a meeting that the team of us, it's kind of thinking through the design of the, uh, the center of campus, mm -hmm. um, intentional life kind of space. And we were kind of talking about kind of student union kind of look and feel, you know, on college campus where you just have places to be comfortable and kind of yeah. your living room. And we were like, you yeah. know, and so a couple of people said like pool tables and ping pong tables. And we looked at each other and said, geez, we should just go ahead and get some ping pong tables now. You know, um, that serve a few purposes that bring some joy, that give people something to do, that get people just having fun together, get people off screens, like, we'll do it. So we literally just, you know, got on Amazon and ordered ping pong tables during that meeting. And in my view, uh, I realize people have to pick up the trash after themselves and, you know, we, you know, we got to learn to you know, take care of what we've got. But in my view, that, that ping pong innovation, if you will, is a success story this year of just... I love the fact that when I'm in a meeting, typically there's some sort of backdrop of some sort of, you know, fun being had in the yeah. background akin to hearing, you know, kids play on the playground in the lower school. You know, to me, that kind of joyful noise is never distracting. It's, it's why we're here. You know? mm -hmm. And it expands into so much more like the ping pong Forsyth ping pong shirts and the limited. And it's so cool. It's a culture. It, there you go. Culture. And again, one of the sadnesses of, um, of how we needed to, you know, out of responsibility, just kind of um, bifurcate our, our campus. You know, the little ones stay over here, the older ones stay over here. Um, it was just kind of a bummer, you know, because we had two-year-olds through 12th grade, and some of the coolest stuff is when, you know, people of different ages get to be together. So whether it's a faculty member playing a student or there's a, I believe it was a seventh grader beating a senior in a ping-pong game, and that got a bit of a crowd. And, you know, it's just fun to see, Yeah, you know, those just interactions where it's just – you put the ping pong tables out and, and you don't know entirely who's going to interact with each other, but it, um, but it kind of serves as a conversation starter in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and, and kind of a, a social mixer in, in a lot of ways. And again, if students are, you know, feeling a little less stressed because they get to hit a ping pong ball a few minutes a day, um, and maybe even get a little bit of vitamin D while they're out there and whatever else, I think win, win, win. Yeah. In, in my view, again, as, as we're dialing that in, you know, I know it's, close the other day like dialing in like you know pick up after ourselves take care of our campus that's good lessons too right you know the community responsibility to you know take care of what we've got finally this episode will come out in the new year do you have anything you'd like to share with people listening in 2022 oh 2022 so so as we start 2022 um some of us have a you know, kind of annual cadence of uh you know new year's resolutions or um, goals for the new year or um, just simply um, mapping out what we hope uh, hope the next months or year will look like. What I hope for for every member of our community, um, so that's students, parents, alums, faculty, staff, every, everybody, taking the time um, to think about the things that matter most to us and then taking the time to design um, our time where that gets expressed clearly. Um, so by that, I mean, if, um, if a person, if, if faith is core to their identity, you know, 
put it on your calendar, you know, schedule your prayer time or quiet time or however people, you know, whatever their practice is. Uh, if, um, you know, making sure you stay in touch with, with your, you know, your friends that, you know, and I'm saying this to you as you get, you know, off to college right. and people get, you know, spread out geographically, you know, take the time to, you know, ping your friends with notes and, mm-hmm. you know, have those Zoom catch-ups or whatever people do that, that ultimately let them look at how they're spending their time and have that be in congruence with what matters most. Um, there's been books that have popularized notions like don't sweat the small stuff. And uh, as I keep living and learning, you know, how you calibrate your life where, um, you know, some have-tos in life, right? You know, some things you just do that you just have to do. But make sure you do the things that really matter most um, and make sure that the way we um, design our lives uh, allows for that. Um, I just think this it gets back to the center campus stuff and reflection and everything else. So just, you know, we only get to do this, this beautiful thing called life once. And how do we feel like our feet are sturdy under us and, and we've got um, agency in the things that we have agency in? You know, mm-hmm. we, and, and, and again, COVID reveals we're not in control of most things. What we are in control of, two things, our actions and our attitude. Right. So, yeah. you know, how do we have a, a positive attitude and how do our, our actions reflect the things that, you know, matter most to us? So if it's family, make sure there's family time. If it's, you know, keep going down the list. And then the, the tougher part of the ledger is, you know, the things that really don't matter. Well, how, how efficient can you be in, in attending to those things, you know? Um, I want that for everybody, uh, myself included, you know, how we, how we just keep looking at our lives and say, you know, how do we, how do we live them as, as well and as joyfully and as impactfully as possible? Um, for me, the ledger on the, on the end of the day of that gets pretty simple. Um, today did I give more than I took, you know, and, uh, to, to take it full circle back to relationships, a, a mentor of mine, David Neal, uh, I think you've met him a time or two. He's, he's yeah. fantastic, fantastic human being. He talks about, you know, relationships are about giving, entitlements are about taking. Don't we want a, a world of relationships? And, you know, to that, uh, I say, yes, 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 you know. And to me, that, that goes back to that, that kind of exercise of like reflecting on, you know, what matters? What am I going to give my time to that uh, at, the, at the end of the day, I go, all right, good. I spent my time well today. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that for everybody. Well, that's great. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, sir. Keep on rocking. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the For What's Ahead podcast. The goal of this podcast is to build community through sharing of ideas and stories. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe.